Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the, this is the final week that we don't have a name podcast. Um, episode, I think eight, right? Episode eight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're back and we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Um, who wants to, Kyle, you, last week was your homecoming. How was your trip and what were your thoughts on Tennessee falling to Ole Miss, thirty-one to twenty-six. We'll start with you. I uh, yeah. So my trip was good. Um, I mean, I enjoyed you guys. I enjoyed Caleb's house. Um, I enjoyed uh, you know the tailgate, and pretty much I think I enjoyed the game. I mean, like I said last week, I don't know if I said it on the podcast or not, but. I expected a, I expected a win, but even if we didn't win, uh, I was going to be excited that we were farther along now than I thought we were going to be. So my, I mean, we'll dive into this later, but you know, my uh, thoughts overall was we play that game ten times with the exact same circumstances. We probably are five and five. And if we play those that game again as a fully healthy team with our running back and our uh, offensive line and some defensive players that were out, we might be eight and two out of ten games. So, yeah, that's my. Well, we're glad you had a good trip. It was great yeah. to see you. Sad we couldn't get the win, Chris. What do you think? I had a great time. <laughs> No one cares. What Truth. happened at the game? I'm just getting up here. It was, uh, it was truthfully, uh, sometimes some things are fuzzier than others. Uh, times I were pay, I was paying attention more than others. It was just it was, it was all kind of a whirlwind. I just really appreciated the the sheer anger in the crowd. The there was a tremendous environment. Loved breaking the decibel record. It was it was a rowdy. That every, people were out for blood. Uh, the the environment was exactly what I wanted it to be. The game almost sort of became ancillary, though. You know, I was encouraged and discouraged in equal measure, but probably uh, maybe a little more encouraged. We. We played at the number of, what, 13 team off their feet for a while. We came back against them and played better on defense than we had any expectation or any reasonable expectation to do. Held them to seven points in the second half. It's just that's the best quarterback in the country. And we were, what, a foot away from ending it or winning it at the end. So, yeah, I kind of took y'all's, uh, your philosophy in stride. Like, yeah, it was a loss, sucks, wanted the win, could have really jump-started things, but I've seen enough to where I feel pretty good about our current trajectory. Well, that's as I, good as outlined as this show is going to get. That was everything we're going to cover, most likely. Caleb? No, I mean, I agree mostly with what you and Kyle said about – I mean, I think y'all didn't say it, but what you're saying is you kind of had a moral victory a little bit. We, we totally had a moral. Well, but but I mean, the more I think about it, the further away we get from the game. We had three chances to win the game, 
yeah. at the end of the game and we just we didn't do it and that I don't know it's like hurting more and more as time passes the more I think about it so and I don't think any mattered as much as that last uh, possession though because Ole Miss was just in a run out the clock conserve mode so yeah um, I don't know that they were for I mean, they, for one drive, they certainly were. I mean, then, when they got that punt late in the fourth, um, they definitely were where we stopped them and had three timeouts. Um, but yeah, my thoughts, I, mean, we, I was very surprised at both uh, teams on defense. I mean, yeah, that, that was a game where both teams were just hyped up and they were, uh, they were ready to play. That was well... Well played football game, um, pretty clean. Not too many penalties, which probably should have been a few more. Um, what? Hey, before before we get into yes. the actual game, can we talk? Because this is the first time we've like been in the stadium, and I'm probably like uh, 2016 Florida for me. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you guys think before, like the game? Like, what did you think about the stadium atmosphere, kneeling at night, the light show, all that kind of stuff that goes with it? I was pretty impressed with what how the effect of running through the T. The like, I I didn't hate it one bit. The the ornery old man in me is is is. Uh, Light shows, everybody's doing it. We're just copycatting it. But I thought the effect of it, it was it was pretty satisfying. The the targeted lighting of the tea, uh, they they made good use of it. I I've heard it all year about how the piped in music was terrible and whatnot. I truly didn't notice it. Like it was I, awful, Chris. It was <laughs> awful. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It was literally like between every single play on defense. Just let it, they needed to let it breathe a little bit. Yeah. Hear that, Danny? By the way, Danny yeah. is doing a good job. So we may, yeah. we may yet rectify this. I, I, I think, oh, you go ahead. And I was, I did like the light, the pregame light show at least. I thought that it actually surprised me that I enjoyed it. The t- the tea. I mean, it's fine. I just think they need to make the lights brighter on the team. And more focused. Yeah, like it was kind of off-center. I'm sure there's a way that they could actually get it to line up. It was sort of off. But, yeah, if you want to do it brighter, I feel like they should do it brighter. The effect was nice, I got to say. That was uh, the little light, the little neon at light show they did before the team, before pregame. That was really cool. Um, I don't. I think it was done like just enough and not overdone. My only, I, I, I liked everything I saw. The only thing, kind of what you guys were saying, is running through the T didn't really do it for me as much uh, as it has in the past because it was kind of hard to see it, you know, because they blacked out the whole field. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wish they would have like, you know, the light shows all that kind of cool, but like maybe do something where you light up the whole field and you can clearly see the T and it was almost kind of like, you know, our colors are still orange and white, even though uh, it's at night and you couldn't really see anything on the field, orange or white. It was dark. So uh, that was my only complaint. And then 
later on, I think in the third quarter, they were doing like I think it was during one of the commercial breaks. They did the hold your phone up to the uh, jumbotron and scan the QR code and play this video game. And it was like, is this newbie at the movies? You know, like you know, like what what are we doing here? Like, don't do like I don't want to play like Space Invaders like during, um, you know, commercial break. That was the only thing I kind of hated, but it was loud. I also hated the song between the third and fourth quarters. I mean, I like the song; that's a general matter, but it's. It was friends in low places, Matt, and it just doesn't. Okay. Yeah, it kind of kills the vibe. Consider um, shocked that you hate the transition song to the fourth quarter. <laughs> we just have to find something that feels natural and feels like it fits us and why, is keep doing. Why are we doing these things? Like, why is the the game experience, the fan experience at so many places, why is it changing? Like, do, It's like. Everyone went, every athletic director and sports aficionado went to the same conference in Chicago two years, three, four years ago, and and they all laid out the same blueprint for the, the Bulls, the Braves, the Knicks, the Texans, the Dolphins, and your Tennessee Volunteers. They just, everyone wants apps, they want lights with their phones, they want pretty stuff they want disneyland but who who in the fan base wants this like who are we catering to all right i'm I'm gonna have a little mini gripe here while we're on this topic go ahead everyone in this stadium is on their stupid phones the entire game they're not watching the game and like we need we need to go back to no cell service in the stadium so people will get off their phones. That's what, that's what pisses me off is we play this music so that our freaking network broadcasting the game can get shots of students bouncing up and down like they're having a great time. Like, just freaking stop. Like, I mean, I didn't go to the game, but you guys did. When they opened the tee, was it, like, as loud as it normally is? Like, in, Or, or did, it, did the light show kind of take away from that a little bit? Um, uh, for me, like, it's been louder. Yeah, yeah. That's why I don't get that we broke the decimal record at all. Like, and I know I was sitting like under the overhang during uh, Oklahoma 2015, and I don't know if that is louder down there because you have the overhang right above you. But that, to me, that was so much more louder than what I had uh, Saturday, well, and we, we were... supposedly broke the record by like three or four decimals. Well, we were well up in the escaping sound part of the stadium, but like when when I was watching the decimal meter creep up from 114, 16, 18, was it after they they did third down for what? Like they did that a couple times. I feel like it was right after that. They actually Yeah, did it that. Yeah, they that did was, that. I was saying that's when he had it. Matt Crow had like twenty three yard runs both times. Yeah. yeah, I will say that when that first time they played third down for what was the first time I thought, okay, it is actually getting very loud in here. Yes, it, it was like there was a nice little pop for that. Yeah, uh, my like this is the loudest it is right now was when we had the interception. Yeah, when we had the interception that got really loud. Um, Chris is like, when did we get an interception? I mean, that's the thing. When Nealon wants to, it 
like there's nothing like it like i mean mm. i i don't imagine like that uh that video that resurfaced i think last week with admiral schofield like reading the oklahoma players like talking about how they they couldn't even go on a silent count like because it was just messing with them so yeah i, just, I don't think it was that loud i mean I don't understand was, it, trying to create a professional fan experience environment in college football. I just don't get it. And we'll I get agree. to this in a minute, but if the students are the ones that they're catering to, then God, we're all in trouble. Um, I don't know. The students have been good for the most part all year. The, I don't know what like. the students were elite in every aspect. Bad this year? No, they filled out from Bowling Green. Bring a buddy. I mean, yeah. they, and well, I'm sure we will talk about this, but at, at the end of the game, when they were, uh, we'll talk about that in a little while. I was, there was a moment in the game that the students truly impressed me. I, I, I felt really just alive watching them be good fans. Yeah, um, so before we get to the the big topics, uh, just a couple notes I have. Um, I thought that was Jeremy Banks' best game as of all. I think he had like 15 tackles. Like, guy was everywhere. A um, couple of times he had a chance to make a tackle and just ran into his blocker for some reason. Um, but shout out Jeremy Banks. He's having a pretty good year. Not made too many mistakes. Um running backs this was something i was thinking about so obviously hendon hooker goes down um what first play of the last possession of the game um because he had to scramble and i i went and looked it up because it feels like he he has to scramble too many times and it's too soon in the past in the play like I mean, literally three seconds after the snap, the guy has to run for his life. So I looked okay. it up. Our running backs only have 15 catches all year and one touchdown. Like, why are we not putting our running backs in a position to be able to have a safe dump off and potentially, you know, use their playmaking abilities to make a play? Is that something mm -hmm. you guys would love to see more of? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, obviously, but the last – couple of games we were just literally handing the ball off and getting 25 yards a pop yeah but I, I was watching and it seems that most times you know there's, there's pretty much always a running back back there but they're they're just always stuck in pass protection um, yeah so, so yeah because our offensive line is held together with duct tape right now we are blocking for herndon yeah that's what i was going to say is like if if we send out our running back out on a route, that's that's probably our main pass blocker, you know, uh, for Hooger. So. Yeah. Mm. Um. We, we you all all of us seem absolutely zonked. Are you as zonked as I am? Like I'm still recovering from Saturday. I'm still mad as hell. I'm just gonna come out and say it. I'm pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I'm just pissed off. <laughs> uh, Sunday Sunday was rough. Like I felt like I was in a car wreck Sunday. Uh, <laughs> Saturday you know, was rough. Sunday yeah. was rough. <laughs> but, uh, 
you know, we went, uh, me and Chris went to Buddy's, and it was good. Um, but yeah, I think that um, I'm not like too tired now. But man, I'm, I'm more. The more I think about it, I'm more. I'm more. Uh, you know, happy about the turnout. I, of course, I wanted to win, but you know, Valus Jones doesn't fumble the first punt, or and or uh, they give us that scoop and score, which I think should have been a touchdown. Then we yes. win. <laughs> Let it out, Matt. I we're staying civil right now, but it's yeah. yeah. Um, it's can like we the, talk about? Go ahead. I, I've noticed another little group think going on amongst Tennessee fans that I just don't think is right. Everyone's like, "Well, you know, it's actually a good thing we didn't get the scoop and score because we got nine points instead of two I'm like, "No, absolutely, that's not how it works. We would have had the touchdown." We stopped Ole Miss on the next drive, so we, then we get the ball back again, and then you go score. Like, of course you want the scoop and score. But I got had fourteen points. Yeah, Come yeah, on. yeah. That's Should've a dumb won. take, but yeah. Well, what? Let's, let's start with that. The scoop and score. What in the <laughs> absolute hell is going on? What? What happens? I have to. Watching it live, I was like, what is Ole Miss doing? Like, I Uh, thought the play had. I mean, I didn't hear a whistle because we were so far away, but I I was like, surely the play was blown dead, but I know there wasn't. Because when a play is blown dead and called, especially like (laughs) this happens all the time. Like, a receiver, you know, picks a pass up off off a hop and then drops it, and the defensive back thinks it's a fumble. Starts running. What do the referees do? They wave their hands in the air to signal the play dead and blow their freaking whistles. Not a referee on that field Saturday night did that. One ref ran down the field with the guy running towards the end zone, and then they spot the ball for a PAT. That's why I can't get. What I don't. The absolute freaking hell. All Corral had to do was look confused, and Kiffin just had to. I mean, if you watch the replay, like he's he's hiding the ball, like it's it's a play yes, action, it's going to be a hidden ball trick deep route, and first sure. the process of the tackle and the strip is less than two seconds. Yeah, zero chance that guy the, uh, progress made. Blah. Get the hell out of here. That yeah, was a I mean, blown call. Caleb, go ahead. I was just going to say, if we would have spun him around once and then he slips out of the tackle, there's no way they're calling forward progress. That Yeah. And, like, somebody said, uh, you know, earlier, they didn't even say call it forward progress. He said player control, which is a basketball term. You know, so the, and they actually, on the microphone, uh, Mark, the referee, says player control. You know, it's like, what? That's a basketball term. Not familiar with that. Did not hear that. Yeah. He, he you know, a player control foul, you know, is a block charge. But he, he said player control on the microphone on in the stadium. I mean, that's just, that's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Like, oh, my God, I, I don't understand it. I, SEC, I hope you guys reprimand that crew because all night like 
one of my notes written down here is is holding a penalty anymore because I don't think it is like I, I sent a couple of screenshots in the chat of just blatant holes there's one where a referee is like looking right at it and nothing I I just think the state of officiating we talked about it last week you guys said yeah it's bad but it's always been bad but I think it's it's worse than bad like Oh, this this crew is what ruined three games this season already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think you're on it right there. It's like you know the officiating across the board is bad, but I think this crew is specifically horrible. Like when you think about probably the past three or four years, the unacceptable, horrible, blown calls that ruin games is this certain crew. It's played out since 2009 and probably well before that. Yes. It all started oh. when they had to stop wearing the white baseball pants. And they got oh, these, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Make them look stupid again. They'll do a better job. Uh, <sighs> anything else on the scoop and score? Uh, I would just say, like, it would, like, in the stadium, like, I didn't, like, I was like, oh, wow, we got a sack. Awesome. Like, turnover on downs. And then I kind of look away. I think I'm, like, cheering with somebody. And I turn around and I just see the dude running. I'm like, what happened? I mean, so. it was the most seamless, like, like it wasn't like we held him up and, you know, had to fight for Like, we spun him around, he was falling to the ground, and we just took the ball, ripped it out. Like, th- it didn't, like, it just, it didn't register to me that anything was happening. Like, I've seen us do this so many times. There's a ball free, our guy is running, my Tennessee fan brain is saying, this is nothing. There's going to be a flag. There's going to be a whistle. There's So I never really had an opportunity to get mad about it in the moment. And not until like after the game where people were talking about it did it fully register once I saw the replay of what exactly happened. And even then, uh, I mean, but once you look at it closer, we got jobbed. Then nobody's gonna do anything do about you, it. You think the Except lit the fuse? It lit the fuse for the whole evening. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. But mm. do you think because the play fake was so good, like it just ruined the play? Like I don't even think the referees thought the quarterback had the ball. And on Tony, <laughs> he said his sources said, uh, "Well, they probably just blinked." Yeah, I mean, I guess it was good, but like. Two of our guys didn't fall for it, so yeah. <laughs> well, and like, oh. and even the I, I rewatched the game on TV, and like Jordan Rogers was like, uh, Matt Corral heard a, he well, he's like he heard a whistle, he heard a whistle, like he just bullshit. Uh, Jordan. Matt Corral thought the play was dead, so he just he went lazy, and you know, and he went limp to protect himself. So the TV guys thought that Matt Corral thought there was a whistle. Well, didn't he retract well, that after, like, the reviews? Like, oh, yeah, that's a good call. Was... I, I, I just think that that play, well, I mean, that's an infamous play now. I'm well, going to be pissed about that 20 years from now. That's like, uh, it, the, was it Jabbar Gaffney that had the cat, the touchdown catch? Did he? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so we had multiple. Kinda, like, hit his chest and hit the ground and it was a touchdown. We have multiple infamous plays from this game, unfortunately. <laughs> right. Yeah, let's move on from that one. Who who wants to talk about whatever's next? Go ahead. Well, the, the biggest <laughs> thing for me was the, the faking the injuries. 
Yeah. Like, and I know, like, we started doing it, I think, as a retaliation. Oh, yeah, clearly. <laughs> you know, it was just kind of like, geez, man. Why do teams do this when it's in the rule book that the umpire has to give you enough time to substitute? Like, they have to stand over well, the ball. Like, what? Because, no, it's only if the offense substitutes, and we weren't oh, subbing, okay. and so that's the yep. only way they could slow us down. I mean, it's honestly brilliant coaching by Lane Kiffin, as annoying as it was. It, that honestly probably won them the game. He did everything right in this game, even though it only yielded a, what, six-point win. But everything tactically felt correct, which yeah. is why I think Heupel has to do this in turn for the rest of the season to demonstrate a point. If you want something to change, it's clearly nonsense. We have to do this or someone we have to continue to we just have to copy it. Somebody, yeah. if, we, if we mess up games for someone, the rule will get changed. And, I, and the someone has to be Alabama and Nick Saban because that's who gets rules changed. <laughs> right. There we go. I, I, but I do think that, like, you know, without the faking the injuries, without scoop and score, without the fourth down thing, that we'll, the placement of the ball we'll talk about later, uh, overall, I think, we were the more complete team. They have the best quarterback probably in the nation right now, but outside of the best quarterback, I think we're a better team that, as an offense, defense, special teams. That just feels more like Tennessee woulda, coulda, shoulda, just typical. Uh, but I'm just saying, like like I said in the beginning, if we played that game ten times in a row, I think the same exact scenario, we're five and five with a healthy team, we're eight and two. Bill C. says how many? Seven. Seven out of ten. Yeah. yeah. So you probably might be right. We are so so much better than we have been since. Like, is this the best team since 2016? Are we better than 2016? Um, um, no, I don't think we're better than 2016. Well, yes. Because that defense fell apart. Just collapsed. Yeah. Like better than we had any right to expect to be. Yeah. One positive like, for yeah. me is Tim Banks. Give that guy a raise. Tim Banks is a okay. superstar. Is it Tim or is it everyone is listening to Rodney Garner? I, mean, I don't think Rodney's coaching the linebackers in secondary. Right, yeah. but like He's a young coordinator. Rodney's a seasoned SEC guy. Tony's talked about this in the past that like he what he says carries a lot of weight. I'm I'm wondering how much is Tim or how much is it just a collaborative effort coming through with with the the, the schemes and the designs. I don't know. I'm willing to give Tim Banks all the credit. Yeah. Cr I mean, crazy we're, good. We're not over life. there to find out. But. No. I mean the thing that's impressed me the most is that it never looks like we don't know what we're doing, which under Pruitt, it looked like we never knew what we were doing. Like, we get burned here and there and give up big plays, and Corral ran wild and all that, but it looked like we were always doing what we the play, <laughs> the called play, at least. So Yeah, and like the stuff we were reading, I think we talked about this in chat, is um, apparently the game plan going into this game was take away Matt Crell's arm, and if they beat us, he's going to beat us with 
you know, 200 yards rushing. And that's pretty much what happened, mm-hmm. you know. And so we executed that plan and was like, they're basically just saying, hey, Jeremy Banks, you are spying on Matt Corral. And if he outruns you, he outruns you. If not, you can tackle him. And the times that he outrun him, he, you know, he had chunk plays. Mm-hmm. But they did, I mean, our uh, secondary and our linebacker, I mean, they did good in coverage. I mean, they, I mean, if we were to think that, uh, Old Miss was going to end up with 31 points. We all thought we were going to win. Yeah, we have. Yeah, be, yeah, yeah we gave them seven, uh, too. Score predictions. Caleb, you had 55-52 Tennessee. Chris, 63-56 to Tennessee. Kyle, 51-42 UT. And I had Tennessee 52-49, to so a little off. Just a little. Um, all right, anything else before we get to the fourth down play that started the uh, Knoxville Bottling Company? <laughs> um, and we talked about uh, the injuries. Um, I, don't know, I, I would say on the, on the programming side, like, can the TV director just know that the team is faking an injury and not go to commercial break. Cause I mean, like they'd be like, okay, this is just a hamstring. This is the other team stopping the clock. They're going to get out. And it, it's like, as soon as we went to commercial break, the player went off the field with the trainers. And then we just had to sit there for five minutes. Like just stop going to commercial break. Caleb and I were kind of talking about this on um, Monday. Thank you for bringing it up again, Kyle. But, the faking the injury thing, what can be done about that? I mean, my idea was if you go down, you have to sit out, a, you know, X number of plays. Like, what do you guys think? What what can be done to stop this? I think that's what it has to be. You sit out X plays or you sit out the rest of this drive or the next drive or something. You lose yeah. your scholarship. <laughs> I was thinking like X amount of minutes on the clock because, uh, you know, it might be, you know, say like if the if the trainer, if you're injured enough that the trainer comes out and helps you off the field, if the trainer comes out and there's a stoppage of play, you have to be out for 10 minutes of game time or whatever it is. I mean, you know, like, game time is like just, I mean, it, it varies, you know. I think, I think plays would or series would be the way to go, but. Yeah. Uh, this might be hard to for people to track like or <laughs> how long you have to be out and sure. come back. I was just thinking like a series might be kind of still like, oh well, this series is only gonna be like one more play or whatever. Yeah. Uh, what about a rule that kind of like you know gives defense time? Because Caleb, I know you said only offense can basically slow down the game to substitute, but what about Given defense a set amount of time to sub. No. No. Josh Heupel's entire system is predicated on them not being able to do that. Yeah. That would, Great. At 90% of the college football teams wouldn't have an offense anymore. That's fine Matt, with that me because 90% yeah, of college fine. offenses need to go extinct. Sick of this garbage and this NCAA two, 2009 online play where oh, my gosh, uh, I feel the pressure. Let me just take off with this freaking running back and run for 30 yards because I don't know how to freaking scheme a football game. Sick Man, of it. 
Quarterbacks just, like it, Matt Corral and, to an extent, Hendon Hooker need to go away. <laughs> I want pro-style football. HB ISO, halfback ISO, halfback ISO. Yes. That's Play what you action want. read. No. Yes. No. I'm tired of it. <laughs> Matt Corral. Just what, that's just what you know as a kid. Matt just because Corral you did something as a kid. 30 carries mean it's the right for way. 195 yards. Like, get out of here. It's so stupid. I hate this freaking football yep. product that we get to watch these days. It's terrible. I mean, that's why they got to pipe We need in to get rid of quarterbacks. Put light shows. Yes. Like, like Tony Robinson and Condridge Holloway Just and Heath Schuler. Like those guys. Pass. Like, and the forward pass. That's got a point. Let's just have four wing backs go stick. What student body right, student body left every game, and have Theodore Roosevelt come down and say, People are dying too much in football. We need to start wearing helmets. Is that what you want? Yeah, we we all love the nine to six games. Yes. Beautiful. I actually loved three to two Auburn, Mississippi State more than <laughs> anything. I, God, it was great. But we but we loved it because it was bad. We were enjoying the train wreck. You didn't watched, like the product. Oh, no, the product. Well, <laughs> yeah, see? The defenses were, were not good. The offenses were not good. And Mississippi State simply could not hold on to the ball. Neither exactly. was Auburn. It was perfection. It was the best thing I've ever watched. Yeah, I could watch that played out in any football game. All right. I do. The, but the the, the high flying offenses with no defensive substitutions, I'm anxious to see what the era continues. I feel like eventually, some, like the old will be new again. Some team is going to come out there, like Nebraska, or with, with, with triple option Barry Switzer wishbone, and they're just going to start powering through these finesse teams. Ten years or so, I don't I mean, know. That, that was what Bama was doing for a while, but. Not anymore, so. Eh. All right. Uh, fourth and what, 24. <sighs> Your thoughts? Uh, You know, the one thing before we even put ourselves in that position, you know, the first, second, third down play, I think Hinton Hooker made some uh, questionable reads and runs and stuff because – there's a t- couple times, he, I think twice, that he could have just thrown the ball right away, but he ran out of bounds, losing a few yards. Yeah. That was the first time I've uh, him all year. Yeah, but apparently what I heard afterwards is he had a hamstring issue going into that. Like, the last the last injury was a knee in- injury, but he actually had a hamstring injury going into that drive. Good. Stay in the pocket and throw the ball. Right. So, um I think we made some questionable calls, and maybe the nerves just got to him a little bit. But I'm glad we had a you know a fourth and twenty four instead of him making a bad decision and throwing an interception though. So, but the play calling was a little iffy on that, or the execution of the play call. I don't know which one you want to blame it on, but so from our view where we were, and the view they kept showing on the jumbotron, and this is the one thing I keep on harping about. They showed one view on the Jumbotron, and they kept pausing that same view. And I was like, oh, it's clearly a first down. Because they they show you – and Caleb was like, well, that's the only view we got. That's the only view we got. We don't know what they're showing on TV. And obviously on TV they were showing other angles that 
so I think that was one of the reasons we had the um, the bottle throwing and all that kind of stuff because the video crew kept showing a clear first down. So well, it all eventually came down to where he had the ball, and you know he's reaching out with his left hand, but he had the ball in his right hand, like at his waistline. So I mean, I don't want to you know knock the kid but you got to have better awareness than that like you got to know where you're at on the field and you got to stretch that ball out like well i think uh, he did that was heartbreaking no he he didn't he had it tucked i mean if he did it was after he already went down because that almost defender which was a half an inch from targeting um made a really good stop but Man, that was heartbreaking. Well, regardless of whether he got the first down or not, like actually, it was still a terrible spot. Like yeah, he spot he was, was at least close. He was at least was. yeah. I mean, doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. Like apparently, the refs were in the position that they're coached to be in on that play, but I mean, whatever they're learning, even on makes TV, no sense. Like when he caught the ball and like. The, I forget who was the main guy. Don't care. They both are garbage. Um, the main guy said, oh, and it's a first down. And, like, our whole offensive line's up there, you know, saying first down. Like, get, put the ball on the ground. Let's go. Let's go. And then, oh, God, Chris. I don't know how you could be coached to have your line judge on fourth and 24 to be 20 yards away from the, from the first down marker. Why is he running down the sideline 20-plus yards away? The umpire is well behind the play. Why? Why? That, 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 that can't be how they are supposed to be positioned. It makes no sense. Why is there not someone at the line? But then again, I'm not a referee. I don't, I, I don't know. But it makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, and why are there only two camera angles why is it have we thing, talk- why do we need pylon cams so we don't need like a first down marker cam like why aren't those exactly. like what the heck but I yeah mean, I, I i i i think the spot was wrong but i don't think it was a first down sadly but i've both Adamant, adamant smart people say both. At first, before I, before I saw where he had the ball, I, I thought, okay, that's the first down. But, like, he had that ball so far. Like, it, I mean, it was basically, like, you know, right, just right above his thighs. Like, it, it was so, you know, I don't know. But. but is it too much to ask to give us one little call the whole game? I mean, come on. Yes. Well, that's the topic we're moving to. Um, fans did not... Well, some fans did not take well to the 15 years of misery built up and then the scoop and score being taken away for who knows why because the referees blinked, apparently. And now that... And fans started throwing objects onto the field water bottles beer cans french's mustard golf balls i mean oh what do you guys think 
I can't blame them. I stand with the fans as mm. always. Kyle, you're you're a better person than these other two. What do you think? Undeniable. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I don't think it was near as bad as you know everybody made it out to be afterwards. Like you know, as soon as it happened, like we saw a couple beer bottles go and water bottles go, but I don't think it was as near as bad as it was it was played out to be. So you guys are can we? Uh, sorry, go ahead. If if Donde Plowman is listening to the podcast, which she may be, can we just please say for the record that none of us threw anything? We did not. Yeah, like that's one good point. Like I think during the uh we were probably <laughs> what, fifteen, twenty minutes into the delay and Caleb, you and Chelsea left and it was just me and Chris and a couple other people sitting around. And the guy right in front of us, he chucked a water bottle. And uh, the staff member, little gatekeeper for our section, he came down there and thought that one of us threw it. And he was like, who threw that water bottle? I saw it come from this area. And he just was like standing there uh, staring at me and Chris and the other guy uh, standing beside Chris. And thankfully, the guy in front of us who threw the water bottle, he just kind of left on his own. And then, uh, but yeah, it was, I, I don't think, it was, you know, from what I hear, the... You know, national media and all like the the blue check mark gang, as some people call them on Twitter, um, they hated it. But I think college students, recruits, and all that kind of stuff. I think they, at at best or worst, they didn't care, and at best or worst, they loved it. I so love, I love the passion I, of it, but yeah. I'm shocked at the passion of it. I'm shocked that it's still there. That's what, Especially from the students. That's what makes me wonder if, if it really was that passion. Because these students have not seen winning Tennessee football their whole lives, pretty much. Like, yeah. Do you think it was more passion or more just the moment and one person started a chain reaction? Well, go ahead. Now, I was going to say, we keep, I keep hearing people say students, students, students. I saw some old guys be throwing it. Like, oh, yeah. Well, it wasn't all, like, I, it was, let's all say there's, what, 100,000 people there. There is probably 500 people that threw something, and I wouldn't say it's all students. Yeah, I mean, there, you know, there is that behind that end zone where student seating and you know, public seating meets and. Yeah, you know, students can influence a lot of those people, but I mean, watching it in the moment, I was like, "Hell yeah!" Like, just burn the whole stadium down after everybody gets out. Like, just I still feel that march way. to Birmingham and and just you know demand uh, Mark Curls's resignation. You freaking buffoon! <laughs> um, but uh, I love. I, the lasting thing that I'll take away from it is, yeah, all these all these nat med people that just truly hate Tennessee think that we're absolutely unhinged. I don't give a shit about them. <laughs> what I like yeah, I was... is the possibility of Neyland Stadium finally becoming a place where it is legitimately 
intense, intimidating, and almost and borderline scary, even actually scary, to come as an imposing fan or team. I do not want Neyland Stadium to become Disneyland. Family-friendly, okay. Like, yes, I don't want your kids to be injured at a football game, but... I've never bought into this concept of, of just th- this bar that they're putting in in the north end zone, a new jumbotron, these large seats. We want to make the concourses nicer. We want to take the troughs out. We want everything to be – we want Neyland Stadium. We want Tennessee fans to be this placid, docile, politely clapping for everything and this and that. Nice like Nebraska fans pl- applauding the other team. This is not Tennessee. It's not Tennessee. It never will be Tennessee. And if you think that this should be Tennessee, maybe this isn't the sport for you. Oh, my God. Maybe. That's right, Pat Forty. We're going to get our first beep. (laughs) We had to screen record that. That that was a good rant. for. That will be our first social media post. I despise that. That was beautiful, Chris. No, I mean. I, I, I love the whole about. the whole passion and energy and everything that came into that. Yeah, like should we have not thrown water bottles and beer bottles and golf balls? Clearly, not. Well, but that I had. Like, Sorry, go ahead. Now I'll just say we, we. Everybody's making a deal, big deal about. Oh my God, they threw a golf ball. Well, the golf ball landed at Kiffin's shoe, and he picked it up and was like laughing about it and showing everybody. No, he was it, serious. Like, but he didn't feel threatened is. by it. He's throwing golf balls. Clearly Two questions: not- Who brings a golf ball, and where did the mustard come from? Are they are they putting French's in the concession stand, or I thought it used to be called? I'm sure packets, that's what it right. Is. No, I'm sure somebody had, had goldens in years. Yeah, I mean, just if there. Yes, that's that. I, a hilarious scene. Like I, I think it was uh, Kyler Curbison and Thomas Edwards. They were just like players, like have padding on that is designed to protect them from, you know, forces of like cars crashing. Okay. Like a freaking half empty water bottle is not going to hurt a football player. Like, I did. I did regret that the band got pelted a bit. The cheerleaders got pelted a bit and they felt the need to take them out. But people have been pelting, People in stadiums, on stages, since the dawn of art, since since there were stages, just what humans do. By the way, of course, we all know Ole Miss did this to us two years ago in Oxford. They didn't like a call at the end of the game. They didn't like Admiral Schofield going for the pick, getting the foul. Game was over. It's not unique. People were trying to make Tennessee out to be this uniquely unhinged, horrible fan base. This was not. This was just par for the course. You should see what they do in European soccer stadiums. You should see what they do at the, the, yeah. all over the place. Yeah, teams like that get I think, fined for racism and stuff. Like yes, I, yeah, I think this got more publicity and more like airtime than like the Alabama fan murdering a Texas A&M fan last week. Yeah. Like, like, the Alabama can legit murder somebody, and we get more publicity for throwing a mustard bottle. Yeah. Oh, because we like Greg Schiano. Yeah, yeah the, I mean, that, yeah, you got to think that, I mean, this, because uh, Pat Forty, I was fine with his tweet. 
But when you call an entire fan base petulant, go to hell, buddy. How about that? Like, what's the need? You're a national sports writer. Like, why are you saying that about any fan base? Like, at all? I heard it said really well. That asshole has a great life and career on the backs of people like the fans he's shitting on. Yeah. I, like, you clearly do not know where your bread is buttered. I don't know how he continues to have, like, I'm obviously not for canceling or censoring anyone, but that he continues to have any kind of gravitas or any kind of given voice in this conversation is ludicrous to me. The guy is so out of touch. He does, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have the no obvious way to, you know, obviously we don't want to end his career because he called us petulant, but don't. No. I, I've never. Show me BiPat40 on any article. Nope, not clicking on it. Sorry, buddy. You ain't getting my click. No. We'll it talk won't. about who is getting our clicks from now on, though. Who? Brand, Brandon Walker. Brandon coming Walker. to the defense of us over what? the weekend was next level. Love that guy. He, he hates three us hours so much. I love him. Yeah. His. If you if you haven't if 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 you take anything away from this, go and listen to him talk about Knoxville. Yeah. It made my heart glow. Yeah, I rewatched the uh, well, not rewatched it because we missed it because we were at the tailgate. But the uh, Barstool College kickoff show, mm-hmm. uh, it's on their YouTube channel now. And it's like twenty five minutes or whatever, and it was great. I mean, they talked awesome about Tennessee fans and talked awesome about knoxville and everything so they all had a good time brandon walker was hilarious so shout out to brandon walker and also shout out to josh pate from 247 he like josh pate and brandon walker are now vfls after this weekend yeah and any any local sports uh personality that stood up for vol fans matt to them but all you not david oven not david oven David Unbend. Oh, man, Tony <laughs> on the fifth quarter. That, that was like getting in trouble at school unless your teacher give you a life lesson. Like, oh, my oh. gosh. Like, oh. but yeah, screw those people that, that blamed an entire fan base for, for all this. I mean. Just the, did their hands cramp from the pearl clutching? I hope so. It would be the only injury of the entire event. Okay. Let me let me ask you this: What if that scoop and score and that fourth down play were were reversed? Like, what if that fourth or that scoop and score happened at that moment? Like, because in the past, when UT gets close to any sort of upset, they'll bring out you know law enforcement, event staff. Did they do that Saturday? Like near the end of the game. No. I think there was a little, but it wasn't like yeah. They was, used to make a ring yeah. around the field. Yeah. Like there was no way you yeah. were rushing it unless you committed. So, a like, let's talk about that. Like after the trash delay, <laughs> you uh, old Miss still had to get a first down, and they didn't. <clears throat> and the few, I don't know how many fans there. Probably what fifty, sixty thousand fans still left there, maybe more. I don't know. Um. And Valus Jones has that insane punt return. And we're like, oh, my God, like he's about to score. And then, Chris, I know that's what you kind of want to talk about with the fans rushing down. Oh, yeah. Oh, that like, was a beautiful sight. 
It was did okay. I don't know if they showed. Did they show it on TV? Yeah, I thought they were gonna run onto the field. Like I thought, I was like, nope, 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 nope. I was, I was like a proud father. It was a beautiful sight. If we would have won that game, that would just, I mean, that would be the clip of just like the game seemed like it was gonna be called. That like I had all, I had completely turned off my emotions. I was already mentally heading back to grab a water and listen to Tony. Uh, and then when we got that close, and the students did that, and the passion still remained, and like that they were just undaunted. I mean, they had been forced out of the section, and they, this the rush of them. I mean, it was truly beautiful. I was so proud of them. It was cool. Um, but if, if those two plays were switched, do you think that incident would have been like a riot would have broke out in my opinion? What do you think? Caleb? Well, I mean, I think I don't. Yeah. I mean, I agree, but I don't think that Ole Miss ever calls that play with 50 seconds left in the game. But, but yes, I agree. It would have been yeah. very, very bad. Yeah. It would have been. Well, I think if you say, uh, if, for me, if Valus Jones doesn't fumble the first punt return, and then we do get the, sk- uh, the scoop and score, I think we're kind of off and running to the races, and we're just not in that position. I probably have nine points. Um, so. But, yeah. Um, so that, that punt return, man, it felt like we're winning this game. Like, that's what I was. I was an emotional wreck. That like for like the last hour of this ordeal, <sighs> and then Hooker goes down, can't continue, and in comes. <laughs> oh Jesus! Joe Milton the third. <laughs> Completed fifty percent of his passes on the night. Okay. Completed fifty percent of his passes. Because he forgot to throw the ball on the last play of the game. Are you freaking... What? Well, it's not just that he forgot to throw the ball. It's that he... I, I'm even okay if you want. I'd run the ball, but take a hit. Lateral the ball. Do yeah. anything but no, it's, politely it's, step out of bounds. Throw the freaking ball up. Like, oh, my God. I, like, I... I recorded my reaction to the end of the game and put it in the chat the other night. And, like, I was just so dumbfounded. I didn't even know, like, I just stopped it. It's like, I don't know what to say. Like, that's the (laughs) dumbest thing I've ever seen on a football field in my life. Even worse than the scoop and score. Like, Mm. what the hell? (sighs) Yeah, I'm kind of, like, I'm... I love our coaching staff. I'm trusting them. I, everything I've seen from them, they've kind of been hitting home runs with me, especially when they start with Milton and they give him, what, a game and a half, two games, and they're like, okay, he's not the guy. But I feel like if Hinton Hooker can't go this Saturday versus Alabama, you can't put Milton out there. I mean, you have to just throw Harrison Bailey out there. Like, Joe Milton the third. Like, he's got the third on the back of his uh, – Jersey because he's third string. Uh, God, that was right. cheap. <laughs> but I mean, it just—I I got it from a radio show. 
I I I don't know. Like I, I like Hypo a lot, but if he if but if he continues to put Milton out there, if Hooker can't go, like I don't know. I I think if Harrison Bailey was back there with this offensive line, we might get 200 yards of offense. That's fine. I mean, but I don't Milton, wanna, I mean, he, Milton's he not any better. <laughs> yeah, Milton, we've seen Milton, and we know he's not the answer. I mean, we've not even seen Bailey get a chance to throw the ball. Like, he's coming in handoff duty. Like, oh, yeah. I, I wonder if he would not actually be killed. He no. might. Why, though? I mean, I he's a college football player just like Milton. He Milton is. doesn't like to run and take hits either. Milton so like, got killed by Pittsburgh. Do you think he's going to survive against Bama? It is a shh, good football team. No! They lost. Yeah. Who'd they lose to? Who was it? It was Western Michigan. Western Michigan. No. Matt, I think if there's one thing we've learned this football season, the transitive property does not work. No. This is chaos season, blood season. Well, I'd like to be in in some of that chaos and not on the end we've been on. <sighs> All right. Yeah, the the transitive property says that Bama killed Old Miss. Old Miss beats Tennessee. Tennessee beats Bama. I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. I... <laughs> um, so sorry. We'll, we're just going to touch on Bama quick. Screw no, we're Todd. not. No, no, we're not. There's nothing to talk about. <laughs> we're going to get there's, a score prediction, nothing. and that's it. No, there's, we're there's not. nothing to talk about. Our grandkids Screw will them. appreciate they what do not we thought. us talking about them. Uh, ruined yeah. football. Will, uh, Screw this rivalry. Get a score yeah. bit of it. Chris, what were you – what was that passion earlier? Screw it. Yeah, screw Alabama. Screw them. I want to win this football game. Do we have a chance? No. But by God, I'm going to give my score prediction for the Vols. All right, Matt. Go ahead. Let's get this over with. Okay. I found my notes here. Okay. Caleb? Uh, zero to zero. <laughs> Chris? I bet it's a weird one. Something like... One to zero. Forty... 41 to 31. Bama, yeah, I'm not going to have to. Bama. Kyle, Kyle, what do you got? 42 24, Bama. Good job. Thank you for your effort, guys. I am going to say 38 13. Bama. Okay. Going to work for my season. I had us losing to Bama, so. <laughs> oh, right. Henry T, you stink, even though you led the team in tackles last week. Boy, it'd be nice to make him look stupid a couple plays. Ugh. Meet him over the middle. Wait till he meets Ramel Keaton over the Don't middle. Don't throw over the middle. Oh, that's right. <laughs> no, we had a few, didn't we? Yeah, on 4th and 24. <laughs> oh. Uh. Let's revisit that. All right, one, final, final thoughts on uh, – oh, one thing I did want to bring up. On that third down um, on Ole Miss's last drive, oh, my gosh, it looked like 
Corral was going to stumble and fumble. He, I mean, he stumbled. He put that ball on the ground, but, man, he hung on to it. And I was just thinking, if, if he would have dropped that ball, that could have been just a magical moment. Like, oh, man. Oh. We did not. We don't have a Billy Ratliff to recover right now. Oh, gosh. Oh, the days. All right, so Vols lose in Bama. Probably Ball so. Four and four on the year. I mean, okay, just forgive me. Don't you kind of just have a little bit of a weird feeling about this one? No, you just said, oh, the rivalry sucks. I hate no, it. This, is, this is a protective. back with that. Nope. This is a protective measure. Like, I just to numb myself to this, that we have, we've had no hope of winning. We've gotten close twice in this Saban era. But this one, you know, something feels a little odd about it. It's almost too quiet. I mean, I said it in chat earlier. It's like, I don't expect us to win. I'm not calling us to win. But if we end up going to win, I wouldn't be surprised. Not because we're sneaky good or they're sneaky bad or whatever. But it's just this season, not just for Tennessee, but for college football in general, has just been crazy. And I feel like anything can happen. So, just the Tennessee new first year coaches generally always find a way to get a weird one against someone that matters. What was that stat I shared recently? Like, wait, Caleb was about to say something. What were you going to say? No, we're not winning, guys. It's Alabama. They're way better than us. We don't. Half our team is hurt, and we already don't have half a team. Hooker's not going to play. We're probably going to play Joe Milton. We're not winning. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're right. Here it is. So, in the- but I will say, I wait. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go. No, I was going to say, like, I w- I will say, like, I don't think we're winning, but I think our win percentage is higher than our win percentage is going to be against Georgia. I think Georgia yeah. will be a tougher game than Alabama. I think last I looked, we were like an 8.5% chance to win. (sighs) Uh, But, yeah, I shared this stat in uh, the chat a while ago. But in the last 17 games against Alabama, the Vols have scored more than 20 points. Who remembers how many times? Twice? Twice. Since 2007, Alabama has outscored us 537 to 177. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, the the head coach since 2007 with the most points against Alabama was? Would that be Jeremy Pruitt? That would be Jeremy Pruitt. (laughs) Oh, gosh. It's going to be a rough one. Hendon Hooker, Tyon Evans, Cade Mays. All, all the injured boys, get well soon. We're cheering for you. We're rooting for you. Take the week off. Like, don't force them in this game. Yeah, that was uh, – we were talking about that the other day. Like, just – Just sit them out. Rest them boys. Just don't even show up, you know. Just send a representative and walk on the field and say we forfeit. It'd be a great week to have a COVID Caleb outbreak. would hit the score prediction. Good job, Caleb. Zero zero. Um, <laughs> all right. What else we got about Bama or Ole Miss? Anything? Forget to our gripe. I th- I'm glad that uh, that cheating 
getting into the parking garage is permissible. We just barely managed to beat some of the early other early comers by what a couple minutes, Kyle. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> we got to the tailgate garage at like six forty-five, <laughs> and and that's AM for those uh, that didn't know. Uh, but like, as soon as we got in our tailgate spot that Chris really, 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 really wanted, about 30 seconds after he parked, uh, like two more cars came up gunning for that spot. So shout out to Chris for making everybody wake up early and going out there because 30 seconds, 30 seconds later and we wouldn't have got it. I was a little freaked Uh, out about how long they looked at where we were setting up, like, Oh, they yeah. were plotting to like throw us over the edge or something. It's like, you we're here. That, like what are you looking for? Like there was some real regret in their eyes, but then when they walked up later, they were they were quite gracious. I I respected yeah. it. Yeah, I had a great time though. The 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 rain uh, just pelting us while we're standing over under that half built tent was just. It was misadventure at its finest. I still don't understand why we accidentally brought out the cornhole bags to sit in the rain. <laughs> Just left them in the in the puddle. Think about it. Hey, we had I, some good cornhole games, though. We had one that lasted longer than the actual football game. But I enjoy frustrating James in competitive ventures. Just to watch yeah. slow roll him. And also, <laughs> folks, if you tailgate in public. Don't bring a freaking speaker and play music, okay? Like, not everybody's like you. Not everybody wants to sit there and dance with two of your other guy friends. Just, oh, God. All right. I enjoy yeah. talking Caleb, how with... was your tailgate experience? Thank you for the pizza. I... I still... Caleb, after this, send me your Venmo name. i got to send you okay. money finally. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I really enjoyed the tailgate. I mean, I'm glad we, we were overprepared. With the food situation, so that was good. Good to have too much pizza and too many chips. Uh, had a pretty good turnout. Yeah, there's still some pizza in the fridge if you want some, Chris. Cheat days are gone now. Um, no, it was fun. I had more people came than I expected, so it was, it was our best tailgate in some time. No, yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> All right, weekly gripe. Um, I just saw your, your chat, Caleb. Kyle, what you got? What you griping this week? Back in the the city that never sleeps, you getting some sleep? Uh, yeah, I'm getting some sleep. Uh, my gripe, I you kind of stole my gripe because I was going to talk about the uh, the frat boys that were uh, those tailgating beside us. Did you guys whatever, see their? Um, their beer pong set up too it was embarrassing no so it's like for for the viewers uh viewing us at home so it was like they came in like some kind of like white suv that just looked stupid there's like five guys to start four or five guys to start and they just pull out they each have a cooler of white claw and they're sitting on their cooler of white claw and then they just bring one speaker and they hook it up and just immediately start blasting music. And the their playlist is insane. It goes from like hardcore, super explicit hip hop rap to like 
super, super, super southern country country. And then, like, techno music. to I mean, it was just like they had everything covered. And it was just so freaking loud. And then, like, you know, a couple hours later, it's like five more, five more, five more. And then they just kept, like, multiplying, multiplying, and multiplying. And then one time, like, I guess a group of them came, and they all brought Chipotle for the entire group. So it was a Tennessee football tailgate. And all they had was a speaker, and at that time, like, ten coolers of White Claw as their chairs and their table while they were eating Chipotle bowls. And it was just like, Jesus. Their beer pong was like actual buckets and a tennis ball. It's like, what? But the best part was when the UTPD pulled up and they quickly got rid of the game because... All of them were definitely underage, but Chris, what you griping about? I'm I'm just so seething thinking about that right now. <laughs> I mean, that clearly is the biggest gripe of the weekend. I can't think of much else right now. I will say that I was very gratified to go and speak to other like college students and say, and asking them, is this is this stuff that they're playing, is it like, is it good? And and uniformly, the college students informed me, old man, no, it's it trash. It's garbage. I hate it. So it gave me a little bit of faith in the younger generations. Gripes, nowhere. Like, I'm looking forward to, looking forward to Kentucky. So we have bye week next week after Bama and then Kentucky, correct? Uh, Georgia. Then, oh, then Georgia. And it's it's Bama by Kentucky, then Georgia. Uh, okay, okay. Bama by Kentucky, Georgia. South Bama, Vanderbilt. Oh, gosh. Going quick. It is. Caleb, what you got? They're all star right. griper. I think I've got two gripes. Now that you guys have, you guys have given me another one. Oh. So my first one is what I like to call Big J journalists. And we've touched on we've touched on some of these folks and I won't I won't repeat all those arguments for why I hate people like Pat Forty. But there was another gentleman who showed up to our tailgate who was a big J journalist <laughs> who just could not stand these people who do who talk about sports but do not actually know anything about sports? They just they weren't they weren't trained yeah. properly at, at the University of Michigan. Like the guy that was saying these things, right? <laughs> exactly. Ooh. And so he goes on this big tirade about how, oh yeah, I'm a real journalist. I'm cover Michigan, blah blah blah. blah. And then come to find out, <laughs> he didn't actually go to the real Michigan. He went to where did he go? Like Michigan. Michigan the Tech. University of Michigan <laughs> at Wayne County. Wayne, yeah, it's like Michigan Southern. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh but I covered Michigan. I'm like, okay, guy. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was my secondary gripe that I didn't even think about. Uh, my primary gripe for the weekend has to be gastrointestinal distress. Oh which pretty much ruined the game for me. Uh, 
I'll just I'll just say that it was probably the most miserable game day experience I've had in quite some time. <laughs> Only at the end, though, right at the end of the tailgate. From about the from the about yeah when we walked to the stadium, and then throughout the entire game, it was my my stomach was not treating me well. Yeah, Domino's beat the number two out of you, huh? Unfortunately, no. That was no the issue. No, they Domino's kept it in me. (laughs) 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 Oh gosh! All right. Um. Well, my gripe. I don't know. I had one, but I forgot it. Uh, (laughs) What's a good gripe? Forgetfulness. Forgetfulness. No. I think somebody stole it, but that's okay. Uh, my gripe, okay, here it is. The Southeastern Conference. <laughs> Just sports in general. College football in general. Life is a the universe. multi-billion dollar industry. Where does that money go? Some of it goes to schools. A lot of it goes to administrators, stuff like that. Why doesn't it go to the officials? Why can't we hire officials, make some freaking robots? What's Boston Dynamics doing now? They've had a robot that could jump onto a box for 15 years, but we still can't get college football officials or a replay system that makes sense to actually make the game never have to come down to if a ref made a wrong call and... I'm just, I mean, it's just frustrating. Screw you, SEC. Hire better officials. Have more accountability for your officials. And issue as an apology. Oh, yeah. That's one thing we didn't talk about. Well, we got a $250,000 fine, right? Oh, my God. I honestly thought it would be probably a million. I was like, they're going to find us pretty bad. But when they talk about how bad it was and you see like a picture and there's like four Dazani water bottles and a crushed Michelob Ultra cans, like, oh gosh, like this is totally that end of the game with the Cleveland Browns back in the early 2000s. You guys remember that? When they actually had to call the football game because fans wouldn't stop throwing stuff on the field. Like that, that's a bottling, okay? So, all you national media jerks, screw you. Um, but yeah, that's going to be it this week. Anybody got any final thoughts? Kyle, you got it last week. Caleb, you'll get it next week. Chris, what's her final words? We're going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs>